turn in jo- to Joshua chapter 3 real quickly. I've got the green light now. What just happened is a perfect, non-planned, Holy Ghost orchestrated illustration of what I was actually going to teach on tonight. And now I know why I did it. I'm teaching on following the Lord. When you follow the Lord, things turn out different than you plan. Uh, Our best made plans pale in comparison to God's best and brightest plans for us. So I always say make your plans, but write it in pencil and give God the eraser. Amen. Nothing wrong with goals as long as you try to make those Christ-honoring, Christ-centered. But God knows tonight that uh, His plans probably far surpass anything that we in our human capacity have the ability to comprehend or understand. And so that's why we follow Him. That's why we trust Him because if He tried to explain the journey to us, we would have too many questions. We will get hung up on the details. And so he teaches us to follow him by faith. Just a blind commitment to say, yes, Lord. I don't know how this is going to affect me. I don't know what's going to happen as a result. But if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to have to do it. And you're just going to have to trust the Lord. So this is a continuation of the what I'm now calling farewell wilderness. Uh, we've been preaching the series Onward Christian Soldier, looking at the children of Israel and their uh, passing from the wilderness into the promised land. And we brought you to the final lodging place last week where they had three days before they were to cross over. And we likened that unto a type of death, burial, and resurrection for the believer, dying to self, burying the past, and being raised in newness of life to serve God with a new perspective. Amen. And uh, so uh, we call that the final lodging. Tonight I'm looking at a following of the Lord. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 3, the Bible said, They commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place And go after it. When you follow the Lord, number one, you need direction. You need direction. And here the Lord has given instructions, specific instructions, to the people of Israel that when they see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the priest, the Levites, bearing it, that they remove from their place and go after it. This, of course, is... Uh, uh, a type for us of following the Word of God as ministered by the man of God under the unction of the Spirit of God. Did you catch that? The Levites carrying the Word, the people of God watching and observing and seeing the the direction that the Word is going in and then going after it. That is, following the Word. Right. And and this is uh, maybe not a perfect example, but a good example of what the New Testament believer 
should try to follow after in pattern. That when God puts you in his church, he also gifts the church with spiritual leadership. And hopefully, if you're in a good church, your spiritual, your leadership is, seeks to be spirit-filled, seeks to be biblically accurate, and seeks to be authentic and genuine. Amen. Uh, but as long as that man is following the word and carrying the word, then you are to follow that leadership that the Lord has put into your life. And I want you to pray for me because I don't want to lead anybody astray. I don't want to take a wrong turn. I don't want to get focused on the wrong things. I want to, I want to do my best to follow what I believe God is leading me to do, uh, here at Washington Heights Baptist Church. I don't ask anybody to follow Gary Caudle. I don't feel like I'm spiritual enough to tell you to do that. But I will ask you to follow the voice of God. And if God happens to speak through me to you, and it's backed up by Scripture, you can safely follow that. Can I get an amen? And so uh, this is not about pushing my weight around. This is not about uh, strutting, you know, strutting my stuff, beating my chest and saying, I am pastor, hear me roar, you better do what I say. I don't believe in leading, uh, uh, you know, uh, aggressively. I believe I should lead as a servant. Amen. Uh, but this is uh, the structure that God has laid out. We see it typified here in the Old Testament, but you, you uh, read the Pauline epistles in the New Testament, you see this pattern uh, played out uh, in, in the way that God uh, instru- or orchestrates or, or rather organizes his church. And so I just want to say that when you're looking for direction, uh, Oh, wow, this is a lot. Uh, may not get to all of it tonight. There is, and, and I'll try to, I don't have all this wrote down, so I'm going to do this some, some of this by memory. Uh, when I pray for direction in my life, I look in four key areas. Of course, I first go to the Word of God. Amen. And you, you might want to write these down. I go to the Word of God, and I pray for God to show me, because there is nothing that will replace your personal walk with God. You will get things between you and God that you will never get anywhere else. You can go to church till you're blue in the face, but there are some things that the preacher will never address that God specifically reserves to address in your personal private time with Him. And I think He does that to keep us drawn to His presence. I think there's reasons he don't give us all the answers that we're asking at church so that we are hungry enough to go to him. Have you ever been to church and you was looking for an answer and you didn't get it and you left disappointed because you just knew that was the day God was going to speak to you. But the preacher was completely in another field altogether, had nothing to do with anything you were seeking God for. And you went home disappointed. Don't go home disappointed. Just go home asking God, okay, Lord, if you're not going to give it to me at church, give it to me right here. Show me in your word. Amen. That's what God wants. He wants you to learn how to seek him. It's not that... It's not that God's not going to speak through the pastor to you. He will do that. Amen. But there are some things that you cannot expect anybody else to help you with. You're going to have to learn to have that private walk with God. So go to your word. Number two, listen to the voice of God through the spirit. The word of God, the spirit of God. He will speak to you. If you will listen, he will speak. 
So that teaches us uh, uh, that when we listen for the voice of the Spirit of God, of course, He's going to be in unison with the Word of God. He's never going to lead you to do anything outside of the Word. Amen. So always, if you have this idea or this notion, I think God spoke to me, always check it with the Scripture. Because sometimes in our frail human condition, we're not 100% sure whether it was the voice of God or not. Have you ever been there? Amen. So what do you got to do? You got to check it. The Bible says try the spirits or test the spirits to see whether they're of God. It might have just been a, a, an idea that you had that created so much emotion in your heart and you got so excited about it that you thought it was the spirit of God and the voice of God. But it wasn't. It was just your ability to excite yourself. And you need to know the difference. Right. And so you go back to the word of God to clarify, OK, God, is this speaking? And I've found that any time you need clarification, God is always willing to clarify. Uh, you find this as an example through Gideon. He threw out a fleece before the Lord for double and triple confirmation to make sure that he was hearing the voice of God clearly before he moved ahead. And God did not get offended at Gideon as best I could tell. He gave him the confirmation that he sought so that he could develop the confidence that he needed to know that he was hearing the voice of God. Amen. So you got the word of God. You got the spirit of God. Okay. That's, that's involving your private time. Okay. And then you want uh, to listen for God's voice through the preaching of the word. That's, that's the third thing. You will get some direction. And sometimes God will give you a general direction at church, and then he'll nail it down to specifics in your private walk with God. Uh, he'll, he'll lead you in, in phases. Uh, I, I say it this way. If, uh, if, uh, if God wants to get you to point Z, and you're at point A, he may have several steps in the process to get you, to lead you into the truth that he needs to reveal to you. So he may give you a partial answer at church to lead you into a more full understanding when you go home and begin to read the Word of God and listen to the voice of God in your life, right? And so uh, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the preaching of the Word... And then I'd like to say, fourthly, counselors. Uh, the Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counselors. That is, you want to seek out trusted individuals that you believe, uh, that love the Lord, uh, that have a, a good track record of being faithful and committed to the Word of God and having your best interest at heart. Amen. And uh, you, most of you know who you can trust and who you can't by now, Right. You've lived long enough to know there are certain people you don't need to ask them their opinion on anything, right? But there are those rocks God puts in your life, people that you know have your best interest at heart, and they will seek God with you, and they're honest enough to tell you if they don't know the answer, but they're also committed enough to help you find the answer, okay? So don't don't rule out talking to others that you trust about uh, for direction. And if you use those four areas when you're seeking for direction in your life, uh, generally speaking, and not always, but generally speaking, most if not all of those will line up and point in the same direction. Amen. There are exceptions to that. And that's why ultimately the voice of God in your life is paramount. Because there are times that God will test you to see if you will follow him or follow men. What if God tests you and allows somebody to tell you to do exactly the opposite of what God's telling you to do? 
Right? And that can happen. Amen. Because following the Lord is a step-by-step, moment-by-moment, day-by-day process. God's not going to tell you what's going to happen 20 days from now. He probably ain't even going to let you know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes he'll give you uh, a glimpse of things to come. The Bible teaches that. Uh, But he doesn't always give you the details. Amen. He tells you just enough to serve his purpose in your life. Right? But you've got to learn to follow him. And that's why if... uh, uh, Brother Tim uh, over the association did a study recently with the pastors, and I really enjoyed it, on, uh, on the different things that God did all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament that were different every time. You know, uh, we like to talk about the predictability of God, the, the, the things that are, you know, certain and unmovable. This is the way God always does, you know. I call it God's method of operation. There's some things God will always do. God will always Love unconditionally. Amen. God will always be faithful. But God's character versus God's pattern are two different things. Sometimes God does something new just to keep us going to him for new direction. That's why churches get stuck in a rut. And they're trying to recreate an atmosphere in which God moved yesterday. But God's doing a new thing, and it's not going to look like what it looked like yesterday. And so a lot of churches don't understand or grasp the concept of God doing new things consistently over time. In fact, that's one of the most consistent things God does is new things. Amen. That's why the Caudill family doesn't look like any other family that you've ever heard or met. Because... God does different with different servants. Amen. That's why Brother John has a very unique personality and a unique gift set and a unique way that he delivers the word. And you won't find anybody else preach exactly like Brother John because God does different intentionally. Amen. And so what that teaches us is a reliance upon his fresh voice. God spoke yesterday, hallelujah, and and God's word will always say the same thing it always has, amen, but he wants to, he wants to make this word flesh, so to speak, he wants to make this word come alive and living and significant to you in your moment, in your hour of need, so that it is a fresh, uh, it's a fresh loaf of bread for a new day, amen, I mean, uh, that's the way God operates, so learn how to listen for his fresh voice. It'll never contradict his word. I like to say it this way. God is sometimes off script, but he's never outside the script. Does that make sense to you? In other words, I mean, God gave me direction to go to Thompson, Georgia. I did not find a Bible verse in the King James Bible that said, Thou shalt, Gary Caudle, thou shalt go to Thompson, Georgia. It wasn't in the Bible. But... Reading the Word, listening for the voice of the Spirit, I heard in my heart that God was screaming, go to Thompson, Georgia. So he was out of the script, but he was not off script because everything, the way that God was leading me, the way he was moving, uh, all lined up with what I have learned about the way God works and operates. Does that make sense? So you got to listen for his fresh voice. So when you follow the Lord, you got to 
look for new direction. And this is this is what's happening in, in verse number three. And uh, and so we need direction. But secondly, I want to say we need discernment, discernment. Uh, direction tells you which way to go. Discernment, I think, tells you uh, how to go. Okay, uh, verse th- verse four of our text. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about two thousand cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which you must go, the way by which you must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. He's basically saying you've never been here before. Amen. Brand new day. And what if God's wanting to give you a brand new day in your life? And you're asking God to bring you back to where you were, but God wants you to, uh, God wants to bring you, uh, to where He's at. Amen. It's, and it'll look different and it'll feel different and it'll be different, but it'll be where God is and it'll be what God's doing and, and you won't be happier anywhere else. You won't be more satisfied anywhere else. But, but you need discernment. I like the way he said, uh, uh, basically to keep distance, stay close enough to see it, but far enough back to discern. Uh, absolutely. Listen to this. <laughs> my, my wife gets frustrated with me sometimes when I go grocery shopping with her because sometimes I'm pushing the buggy and she's leading the charge when it comes to grocery shopping. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I'm behind her and she's leading. Amen. And sometimes I get too close and I bump that buggy into her, the back of her heel. Yeah, it hurts. And I've learned that I don't have to be right up on her to know which way she's going. I can create some distance and it's better that way. Sometimes you can get so close to a situation that you can't have the discernment that you need to know which way to go. Sometimes you need a little distance. That's why it goes back to why you need counselors sometimes. Sometimes you're so close to a situation and so intimately involved in the situation that you can't see the forest for the trees. You can't see clearly enough to know what to do. So it's good to call Brother Ron or somebody that's been there, amen, and ask them, tell them your situation in confidence, amen. You better be trustworthy and I trust that you are, amen. <laughs> and uh, and the Brother Ron's not going to blab your business all over town. He'll pray for you, amen. Uh, or, or Brother John or myself or somebody else in the church, ask them what they see from their perspective because there's enough distance between them and your situation to where they can uh, objectively observe and, and point out things that maybe that you haven't been able to consider because you've been too close to see it all. Amen. And so there's some wisdom in that. You need some discernment when you're following the Lord. And sometimes there, there needs to be a perspective from a distance. Does that make sense to you? The Bible said in Psalm 119 and verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So there is the lamp which is immediately around you. Right? Shows you up close needed light. And then there, there's, so there's that around your feet. And there's the lamp for the path. That's, that's distance. That's, uh, that's forward looking. So, God, God wants to give you immediate direction, but He also wants you to have a vision. He wants you to be able to see uh, a little further down the road. And if you're walking the sermon, God will teach you 
how to discern the signs of the times in your life when God is beginning to do a new thing, when God is beginning to change the, uh, the, the, the direction of the Spirit in your life. Some of you, God may be leading you to join the membership of Washington Heights Baptist Church. And, and you've been sensing it. You've been praying about it. You've, the only thing that lacks is uh, your commitment to do it. And you need to just follow in the Lord's direction and do what He's telling you to do. Amen? Because you're not going to be happier anywhere else but doing what God leads you to do. Amen? But if God don't tell you to join our church, I don't want you joining our church. I want you to go where God tells you to go. Amen? Because God has a place for every one of His children to serve. Don't don't take that the wrong way. We wish everybody would join, but we all know that that's not going to work. Amen. Everybody's got to find where God has carved out a spot for them in the kingdom. But listen, you, you're going to need some discernment. Uh, James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, or quick to hear, slow to speak. Uh, what, anybody know what the definition for the word discernment is? This is this is the definition that I remember studying, and there, I'm sure there are many definitions. As with most any word, there are a multiplicity of definitions and applications. But the one that I distinctly remember is to put difference between, or to know the difference. To discern is to be able to differentiate between uh, facts and truth, right? right? You see what I'm saying? Uh, you may know some of the facts, but you may not know the whole truth. And you can't, and discernment will teach you not to prematurely judge a situation without finding out what those facts actually mean. Because if you just got a fragment of the truth here, a fragment of the truth here, and a fragment of the truth here, but you don't know the filler, uh, a lot of times we call it discernment when it's actually creative imagination. Because anybody can take three separate facts and weave into it a storyline that makes sense to us. And, 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 and when we, and we really want to build our case, fact number one, we'll start stating all the facts. Right? Uh, a lot of people were, uh, put in jail back uh, in the days before we had all this, uh, what do they call it when they, uh, check your DNA? Uh, uh, forensic science. Before forensic science was a thing, people could be easily put in jail. Uh, but because they had certain facts that a, a smooth tongued lawyer was able to weave together and make up a story convincing enough for a jury to confide, uh, to, to say that they were guilty. But then years later, when forensic science came up and they started uh, going back to the lab and testing uh, this blood sample to see whose blood was at the crime scene, they found out they jailed the wrong person because they didn't no longer have facts, they had the truth. Right? So don't call it discernment if you're just making up a story to f make it fit your vain imagination, right? So you need discernment. You need to know what God's saying, but don't assume everything. Don't just because God speaks to you and gives you general direction, don't mean that you know the end of the matter yet. God's not going to tell you the end from the beginning. He's going to take it one step at a time with you. 
you're on an as-need-to-know basis with God. If you, if God thinks you need to know it, He'll tell you. And if He don't think it's necessary, He won't. So don't make any assumption about what God may be doing or what God is going to do. Only base your decisions upon what God has spoken to you clearly and what the Word of God leads you to do. Amen. And don't make any assumptions because, uh, for example, God may lead you uh, to start a ministry. And you may assume, well, this, this, this is going to be a lifetime commitment. Well, what if, what if you find out later God wanted you to just be in that ministry for six months? But you're trying to make it work, and you've been dragging it out for 15 years, and nothing ever happened. God ain't gave no fruit for your labor. Has it ever occurred to you that maybe God just wanted you to do it for six months? You see what I'm saying? Don't ever assume anything. Just take it one day at a time listen to the fresh voice of God in your life. So you need direction. You need discernment. Let me see what else i got up here. Amen. Uh, and you need divine order. Look at verse 7. The Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. This is divine order. He wanted the people to know that this is not Joshua's doings. This is the Lord's doings. Because a lot of times people will want to discredit the message because of the messenger. Well, I just don't like that kind of preaching. Does that mean you're not supposed to listen to what the Spirit of God just said through me? Case in point. How many times have we wrote off a, a, a powerful message because we didn't like the delivery? The question is not how was it delivered. Was it delivered to your specific preferred method? The question is, was it truth and did it speak to your heart? There are times that God has spoken through means and in ways that I did not like. But the message was pure. And I had to surrender to the message. Even if I didn't like the messenger. So this is a God thing. You see, some people assume that pastors pick the career of being a pastor because that's just what they chose to do with their life. Some of them may have. I did not. And I don't think Brother John did either. Amen. We know that this is a call of God. And and I know that it's hard for some people to get that their head wrapped around that. But when we get in the pulpit and preach, we're on a mission to deliver a message that we feel in our heart of hearts comes directly from the heart of God. And it should be taken that seriously. But how many times do we discredit the message because it was a man that delivered it? It was a human. Well, who's he to tell me? He's made of the same flesh I am. He puts his pants on the same way I do. You better watch out. Because God has always chosen the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise. Amen. God is not going to uh, cater to our preferred delivery method when he speaks to us. Sometimes he'll send a John the Baptist to ruffle our feathers. Amen. 
Sometimes he'll send John the Beloved to comfort us. Right? Sometimes he'll send someone to call us to repentance. Sometimes he'll send someone to give us direction. And we cannot, must not, allow ourselves to buy into the temptation to ignore the message because we didn't like the messenger. We must pay attention to what God's doing, who God has chosen, and do our best to follow the Lord as the messenger follows the Lord. Do you see that? Paul, I believe, even said, follow me as I follow him. Right? And uh, I've always told every church of every pastor, if I get out of that book, get rid of me. Because you're not supposed to follow me blindly. You're supposed to have enough wisdom in the sermon to know if and when I get out of line with the Scripture. Amen? And I would expect the leadership of this church to do nothing more or nothing less than to hold us all accountable to the Scriptures. Right? And so if you ever have a leader or if you ever have seen a leader or observed a leader that demands uh, allegiance regardless of what he says then that's the wrong attitude. That's not the kind of leader that we need. Amen? We need a leader that is vulnerable enough and willing enough to admit, look, I'm going to make mistakes. And I'll tell you, I probably already made some. In fact, I I pretty much know I have. And some of you probably know about some of my little mistakes that I make along the way. Maybe I didn't call somebody when I was supposed to. Maybe I didn't pray with somebody when I was supposed to. I don't know. But you know what? We're all human. And it's not the messenger, in this case, that's perfect. But I can tell you this much, I'm preaching a flawless book. I'm preaching a perfect gospel. And that's what we need to look to. And so when you're looking for direction, you need discernment. And uh, you need to realize that God is doing something divine, that this is bigger than people. Amen. This is a move of God. This is not a movement of any individual. Uh, in fact, when we all get to heaven, we'll be shocked at how little we had to do with any of it. I'm just telling you the truth. I mean, we, we like to uh, acknowledge and recognize and give people credit for this and that and the other. But when we get to heaven, we're going to find out just how little bit of that had anything to do with what we did to make it happen. It was the Spirit of God that animates the church. No, no, None other. Amen? So this is a divine order. God always has a man. So pray for the man of God. Pray for God's men, not just me, but other pastors in this area and around the world that are striving to preach and declare the pure Word of God. Amen? And so when you follow the Lord... You'll need direction, you'll need discernment, and you'll need to understand that there is divine order. And when we follow God's uh, plan for our lives, the road will get bumpy sometimes. Uh, I can't promise you that it'll turn out anything like you either desire or want, or, or, uh, or enjoy rather. Uh, John the Baptist probably uh, wasn't thinking when he first started preaching that 
his head would be served on a silver platter. But he did the will of God. Amen. Uh, that's why God a lot of times don't tell us what's going to happen. Because uh, how much belly aching would we do if he told us some of the fires we had to go through? If he told us some of the trouble we'd have to handle? We, we quit. Amen. We quit for day one. I said, well, that's for somebody else. So what does he do? He leads us gently along. But I want to say this. Even with all the disappointments and all of the challenges that come with ministry, there's not another life I'd rather live. Because he does lead me beside still waters. Amen. He does lead me in the green pastures. He restores my soul. He comforts me when I'm hurting. He loves on me when I'm discouraged. Amen. And, and he makes it worth the while. Just fellowshipping with Jesus. I'm telling you, I can be so burdened down. Get a, Just crawl into the presence of God with my weak little feeble anemic self. Amen. And in five minutes time after just cracking open the Bible and, and giving a desperate cry to God for something to help me, tears can be flowing and the joy of God can be overflowing in my soul. And then I can walk back out with the courage and strength that I need. I would rather do nothing else than follow God, even with the persecution, even with the suffering and pain, the disappointment, the challenges. There's no better life to live than one lived following the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. He'll take you into places that you will have never dreamt possible. Like Thompson, Georgia. Amen. And many of you don't know the whole story yet. But God did a lot more than what is on the surface. And that's all I want to say. That's all I have liberty to say. But I'm telling you, a lot of answer prayers. A lot of answer prayers. And I want to encourage you. There's a reason you're here. Amen. Pay attention. You know, if you want to discern what God's doing, pay attention to what's going on around you. you, you, you look at the circumstantial evidence in your life. Uh, I, I'd rather call it providential evidence. There are reasons that you're here. There are reasons things are going on in your life. There are reasons that you see the need for a ministry that nobody else seems to see or even care about. Maybe God's calling you to that ministry. You see what I'm saying? Pay attention. Sometimes God's voice is not so much in something audible, but in something circumstantial that he providentially led you to. Amen. I'm talking about following God. And that's why this church needs to buckle up and hold on because we don't know as yet what God's got planned around the corner. But we're going to try our best to follow him every week, every day, every hour. And whatever he says all I ask is that the church be willing to say, let's go, God. Whatever you say, let's do it. Amen. And, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll enjoy the journey. And uh, we'll see God do a lot of things if we're willing to obey. Amen.